Shalom and welcome to another in our series of podcasts from Temple Beth Am, a dynamic center for conservative Judaism in Los Angeles. This is a recording of Rabbi Avi Havivi's weekly Sidur class. All right, pregression for Vered and any other Hebrew speakers. We talked about the word Baruch, which we said was not a passive, that it means filled with blessing. And we said the other words like that were Hanun and Rachum, filled with mercy, filled with compassion. We said, are there any other Hebrew words like that? Because normally that formulation, Pa'ul, would be passive, meaning blessed is God, rather than okay. God is full of blessing. So one... Wait, no, wait, I came up with a fourth one. I'm going to talk. Okay. Oh, you... Okay. In this week's Parsha, we had the, re- the restatement of Moshe telling the story of appointing judges, and he said... I was told to appoint people uh, something like Nivonim V'yiduim, which in modern Israeli would mean uh, wise and well-known, Yadua. But mm-hmm. actually, if you look at the translations, because it's parallel to Chachamim and Nivonim, it actually really means filled with Yeda, filled with knowledge. So Yiduim is usually translated in the Torah from this week's this past week's Parsha, um, uh, you know, knowledgeable, discerning. So that's another example. Yadua meaning not known, passive, but filled with knowledge. All right, Vera, do you have one also? I just want to say one statement, and I, I'll have, yes, I have one. Okay. This form, <clears throat> it's called uh, participle passive, and it belongs only to verbs in binyan pa'al. Okay. So all the verbs that you were mentioning, like Rachum and Hanun and Baruch, yeah. those are verbs in Binyan Piel. Yes. And Yadua ah. is the way it's Binyan Pa'al. It's That's the way you want to translate it. Yeah. I can say Abi, Rabbi Abi Habibi, who is Yadua Bakayla. But then the commentators say, but it's parallel to Chachamim and Nivonim. So it doesn't mm-hmm. make any sense to understand Yiduim as well-known. as If it's parallel to wise and thoughtful, it should mean something that means wise. So you're, yes. you're grammatically, I, I take your grammatical point, but I'm telling you what the commentators say and what also seems to make sense in context. Okay. We have another yeah. form in yeah. PL, Hadur. Hadur, oh. yeah. you know. Good. Okay. Thank you. All right, let's go back to Alenu. We've dwelled for all too long on the censored verse. And Michael is going to have, because I said, Michael, hold on to it for next time, correct? Okay, so hold on. Let's just review where we're at. We really need to praise God. He did not make us like all the other nations. He did not make our destiny like theirs. Everything we set up until now was balanced. Then is the censored line, which has found its way back into most modern Orthodox Sidurim, but is not in the liberal Sidurim. For they bow down to emptiness and nothingness and to a God who cannot save. Whereas we bow down 
to the king of the king of the kings. So they bow down to no God. We bow down to um, the real God. Okay. So with the censored line, which is original, it's all nice and balanced. And we spoke last time about the multiple ways there are of dealing with troubling lines, right? We said we could say it and not think about it. We could keep it as a challenge. We could just drop it. We could reinterpret it. Warren shared with us his reinterpretation of the line. It's not about other gods. It's about other things that people worship. We could substitute a different line. There's five things. I think we might've come up with a sixth one of ways of dealing with troubling lines. Um, I Translate, uh, thank you, that was it. Leave it in the Hebrew and translate it differently in the English, right? The little, the little Silverman Sidur sidestep. Um, before we get to Michael's question, I do want to say I, I semi misspoke last time. I said that the censored line is a line from the prophet Yeshayahu, Isaiah. I was half right and half wrong. So, they bow down to nothing and nothing. That is original to Aleinu. That's not in Isaiah. And they pray to a God that does not save. That is actually from the prophet Yeshayahu. To semi-answer Michael's question, um, in the context, because Michael said, well, what do the Christians do about that line in Isaiah? So in Isaiah, in context, it is obviously talking about pagans who worship idols. And I think Christians, when they read Isaiah, thought, it refers to pagans who worship idols, right? It's only in the context of Alenu where that half line might refer to um, to uh, Christians and Muslims. But Michael, you had two questions. I think no, that answered that, one that of them. Was really, that was really it. The question was, if, if the Christians forced us to remove it yeah. from the Sidur, Assuming that it was all written by Isaiah, then what did they do and why? So the second half of the line was written by Isaiah, and they assumed it meant by pagans. But but by the way, this thing about El Yoshia, who doesn't save, and it's a reference to Jesus, who is Yeshu. Just so you know, this was not just a Christian slander. So the Jews themselves, in their in various medieval commentaries, said. This is a reference to Jesus, and some commentary said to Jesus and Muhammad, and there's a various uh, gematria letter number things about how you get Muhammad. Um, so that wasn't made up by Christians as a slur. Now, that doesn't mean that's what it meant to the original author of Alenu, because the original author of Alenu is somewhere in the first millennium, and maybe it wasn't about Christianity. But by the 12th, 13th, 14th century, when we're reading, at least 13th, 14th, when we're reading Jewish... Uh, Vered, please mute your thing. I am. Yeah, I am. thanks. So by the 13th, 14th century, where we're reading Jewish commentaries on the Sidur, the Jews themselves say that this is about Jesus. So that is not a Christian slur. So the Jews themselves took this to be a knock on uh, Jesus. Larry? hand raised. I was just wondering why you included Islam. I can't imagine that that uh, it was intended at all or could be intended for for Muslims since we all we've always acknowledged that they believe in one god 
Okay. Same God with a different name. So email me offline and I'll send you a copy of the Hebrew article, which shows the gematria of how it adds up to Jesus and Muhammad. And there are Jews who said that in their Bible commentaries. We were. I want it too, please. Terry, I will send me an email. Okay. Now I have, there's a fork in the road. We could say, oh my God, this is now week number three, where we're talking about this one line that we don't say. Can we please move on? Okay. Or we can do one more thing on this line, which we're going to do. Jonathan really doesn't want to do it. Michael O really doesn't want to do it. I am going to screen share. Where is it? Okay. We talked about what you do with troubling lines. So I want to show you what some Sidurim have done with this troubling line other than to drop it or to put it in parentheses. Screen share. I, I dug out my Alenu file. Okay. Does everyone see my screen share? No. No? No. No. Oh. Why is that? Oh, because I have to click share. Okay. Sorry. How about now? Yes. Well, okay. Yes. Okay. All right. Here are some of the liberal shuls. Reconstructionist. Aleinu l'shabeach la'adon ha'kol sheet. Here's one alternative. Shenatan lanu Torah emet vechaye olam nataha betochenu who gave us a two trower and planted eternal life within us. So this is the advantage of substituting, okay, and it preserves a sort of rhythm. You can still sing Aleinu with the same tune. Or Aleinu shabeach la'adon ha'kol la'adon who created the heavens and established the earth and gave breath to all its peoples and breath of life to all who walk about. All of that is from the Bible, okay? And under the line, they have the traditional one. So there's the recon uh Here's Mishkan Tfilah, the current reform shul, reform sidur. It has the just our version, totally skipping, traditional version, and here's an alternative. Whose realm it is our purpose to uphold. We bow in on Thanksgiving before the one who is sovereign. Right? So again, they've substituted a line that we could all agree to, but we can sing it with the same rhythm. So the substitution is important because universally in the liberal shuls, generally not in orthodox shuls, but in the liberal shuls, um, Aleinu is sung together. So this preserves the rhythm. And my favorite, which is actually the one that I currently say, Masor, Israeli Masorti Sidur. From the prophet Micha, Micah 4 5, for all the nations walk each person in the name of their deity while we walk in the name of our deity God forever, forever. It doesn't necessarily have to mean they worship their deity who is wrong and nothing. Right. It just basically says they worship their deity. We worship our deity. 
So it's a way of preserving the differentness without actually saying they worship their deity who is nothing. Everyone get that? Okay. So I kind of like this one at the moment. I've been doing it about the last year or so in my own personal Alenu because it um, preserves the idea of distinctness and differentness. Okay. Without actually saying their God is no God. So that's in the Israeli quote unquote conservative Masur Tisir. Oh, oh, and this is the, the most brilliant, which, which I think only the Hebrew speakers will, Hebrew understanders will fully appreciate. Okay. This is renewal Israeli, but it originally is from renewal American Reb Zalman Shachter, Okay. This was his emendation. Everyone pay very careful attention. And then the censored line is missing. What's the change? This is like, where's Waldo? Or, or, you know, can you spot the 10 things in this photo? Yeah. Shalom is with a vav. Hey. Not with an olive. A gold star to Alan. Eagle Eye Alan. Okay. Shalom Asanu. Now, Alan, the traditional shalom with an olive, what does shalom Asanu mean if it's with an olive? That did not make us like all the other people. Did not make us like the other people. But shalom with avav means his. Shalom asanu means God made us his. Just like all the other nations. Vilo samanu, and he made us his. Sorry, it's gendered. It's Hebrew. I can't help it. Just like all the other nations. Shalom sam God made our chalek, our portion, his. And our destiny like all, our, all, all of theirs. So who can paraphrase for me what Reb Zalman has done by changing shallow to shallow? Turn it completely on its head. Opposite. Instead yeah. of saying we are not like them, it says we are God's people, just like them. Everyone else. That is brilliant. How's that for a fancy two-step, huh? Okay. So That is brilliant. So it just changed the spelling. It's pronounced exactly the same way, but it's shallow instead of shallow. Terry wants to see it. Is that what you said? Yeah. Yeah, I'll email you, Bobby. I don't assume you'll remember. No, no, it's right here. Shallow. No, no, I want to get a copy. I want to, if you could just send me the copy. Yeah. All right. That's amazing. Yes. So it's, uh, I got it from the Israeli Renewal Sidur, which is the Beit Tefillah Israeli for those who visit Israel. It's the shul that meets in the port in Tel Aviv, um, on, uh, on summer Friday nights and very popular and has music. Um, but then I, I discussed this with someone and they said, Oh, Reb Zalman was the first one who made that emendation, uh, not the Israelis. So I thought that was. Wait, wait. Normally Shiloh would have an olive there. Is Correct. That it? Which means Shiloh Asanu, which means God did not make us. Just look at Aleinu and your Sidur. Right. And with Avav, it means God made us his. Oh. 
Avi, if you, uh, I'll write to you. If you send write it to, to me, me, I can also ask um, Rav Mimi if she has any other insights from Rav Mimi Feigelson. Okay. Feel free to yeah. ask her. Yes. Okay. Um, so, um, yeah. Jonathan, do you see that? Yes, I'm I gonna, do. I'm, I'm going to point my cursor. First, Shalom. Then, Vilo instead of Lamed Aleph, not. Change it to his. Yeah. And then the third one, Shalom. So it totally changes to the opposite, the exact opposite meaning, as Michael pointed out, right? In, a, in, in, I was going to say our Aleinu, I take it back. In the traditional Aleinu, we say, thank you. We have to praise God who did not make us like the other nations. And with this change of the Aleph to Vav, we're saying we should praise God who made us his just like the other nations, right? Who made us our portion just like theirs. It, it, it takes the, you know, it's like lawyers who, you know, proofread a 50-page contract to make sure they haven't put in or taken out the word not, okay? So that's exactly what Reb Zalman did. He took the word not and he changed it shallow to shallow. And that's like the, the most brilliant thing in the world. And now I'm going to stop. He, why yeah. would he have done that? Say it again. Why did he do that? Any idea? Oh, because he wanted to change the meaning from we are not like the Goyim, right? I'm going to, I'm going to say it that way because I think that's what the sense of Alenu is. We may feel uncomfortable with that sense. But that is the sense, right? So the sense of Aleinu, the simple meaning is, thank God that we're not like those Goyim. We worship the real God, okay? And Reb Zalman wanted it to say, we are God's people the same as everyone else are God's people. Now, you might ask, why did he think that? That, that would be a whole other question, but... Clearly, the ideological change is rather than saying, thank God we're not like them, it changes us to mean, thank God we are God's people, just like everyone else. We're all God's children. He got the whole, he got you and me, brother, sister in his hand. That's what that means. Okay. We are like the Gentiles. Barbara, you don't like that? I want to make sure you understand it. Do you understand it? Okay. You, you don't have to agree with the ideology. I just want, yeah, I just want to make sure it is, it is clearly understood. Okay. All right. Enough with the censored line. Let's go to plain old Alenu, which I'm not screen sharing. I assume you have it in your C door. I'm on page 160 in the sim. All right. So we bow down three ways. Korim, Mishachavi, Mumodim, Neil, bow and acknowledge. We talked about that. Okay. What about him? What about God? I'll try to make it as ungendered as possible. Sorry. What about God? Again, it's notice the balance and parallelism. God stretches forth the heavens and establishes the earth. And his seat of glory is way up there in the heavens. Ushchinat Uzo Bigovhemiramim, and his mighty Shechina is way up there in the heavens. Hu Elohenu Ein Od, 
<clears throat> he is our deity. He is the deity, meaning he is the God is our our particular deity as opposed to all those other deities. He is our God is our deity. And you know what? There isn't any other. It just is a restatement of what I said before. All those other gods are num- are nothing, right? Emet Malkenu, Efesulato. Our king is true. Our sovereign is true. And there is none other than him. So Ephes Zulato parallels Ain Ode. They're similar ways of saying the same thing, which is there is no other God. And now, so everything up until now has been p- parallelism. So it's poetic. You can hear it. We're back to the four, the, each half line has four lines or each line. Remember, we talked about this two or three weeks ago. This is the rhythm of this poetry of four words per line or half line, depending on, you know, how you want to write it out. And now it breaks because we have a proof text, right? So I had all of this original poetry. How do I know that? Proof text, kakatu vitorato, as it says in Deuteronomy, uh, either in this coming week's Parsha or next week's Parsha, I'm not sure. Viadata hayom vahashevota elevavecha. You, you should acknowledge today and really understand this. Ki Hashem hu Elohim bashamayim mima'al, v'yala aretz mitachat ein od. So Yudke Vavke Hashem is deity in the heavens above and on the earth below. There is no other. So the author of this paragraph of Alenu is saying to us, to the reader, the davener, hey, all of this poetry that I spun out for you about we worship the one true God, who's the God of heavens and earth, and there is no other God. I based my whole poem on a verse in the Torah. Lest you think that I made up this theology. Barbara might say, it's Reb Zalman who made up that other theology, right? The Bible says, Okay, Barbara, one sentence response. There's some modern theologians, Reb Zalman, also in modern orthodoxy, uh, who is the leading light, and he's still alive, and he's in his 90s of modern orthodoxy. Yitz, Rabbi Yitz Greenberg. They have a whole hypothesis that uh, um, Judaism has a life cycle uh, like a human, and the Bible is childhood. Childhood is daddy loves me best, <laughs> more than all my other siblings. And then the rabbinic period is adolescence. I don't remember how the rabbinic period is adolescence. Okay, uh, I don't remember that part of the the, theor- the theology. Arguing and now, with your, arguing with your parents. Maybe, I don't know. Right, argument, I guess. The Talmud argument, I don't know. Right, and now, but now we can move into, Jews in modernity now can move into mature adulthood. Mature adulthood is, oh, you know what? There are other people in the world besides me, and everyone really has the same hopes, fears, and dreams. So let's, let's start living our Jewish life like mature adults rather than Daddy loves me better than everyone else. Okay, that's it. Not a class on theology, just throwing it out there. 
Okay. But the author of Alenu says, hey, I'm basing this on a verse in Devarim, right? Remember this, know this really well. God is the Yud Hashem, Yud Ke Vavke, is the only deity in the whole universe when we, when the biblical author means in the heavens above and on earth below. It's what we in contemporary parlance would say in the whole universe. Okay. That was the Bible's way of saying the universe because all they saw was the heavens above and the earth below. They didn't quite realize that we're a ball hurtling through space with heavens above and heavens on the heaven and China has heavens also, right? They didn't quite get that, right? So they said above and below, we would say the whole universe, okay? The whole world, whole universe, ain owed. There is no other. Everyone with me? Okay. Before we go to paragraph two, we're going to do that next week. And we'll see that paragraph two is very different than paragraph one. We'll look at, we'll read and understand paragraph two and say, okay, why are paragraph two and paragraph one together, given that they're literarily, they're, they're poetically very different, literarily very different. Uh, somehow they've been fit to, put together theologically in our Shidur, and why are they together? I will just drop in another nugget. So there's one other place. Remember, we talked a few weeks ago about we don't know where Alenu comes from. Uh, it, it appears in the first Sidurim only on high holidays, uh, Rosh Hashanah Yom Kippur. And then somewhere or other, maybe the 11th, 12th century, it migrates into the everyday Sidur. Okay. Factoid number one. In the wake of the Ashkenazi Crusades, 1096 was the first crusade, and then there was a second and a third one. In the wake of the Ashkenazi Crusades, which slaughtered uh, Jewish communities on the, in the Rhineland, and there were lots of P- Jewish poets in the Rhineland, there were piyutim, or Jewish liturgical poems, that were written to commemorate this slaughter of the Crusades. And there are a couple of piyutim which say, and as they were being led off to their slaughter, they chanted, Aleinu l'shabeach. Now, from the poet's standpoint, by the way, maybe they did chant Aleinu l'shabeach, or maybe the poet says they chanted Aleinu l'shabeach, but that's a great thought, correct? Meaning, if you had to, sorry, if you had to chant something going off to your slaughter, forgive me, very, very grotesque here, but it happened. Um, Aleinu would be a pretty good defiant thing to go chanting, right? And it says, and they were carried off and they chanted together, Aleinu l'shabeach. It doesn't have the whole Aleinu, it just says, they chanted Aleinu l'shabeach, right? So some scholars think that it's actually in the wake of that that Aleinu migrated into the everyday Sidur, which is to say not that everyone in the Jewish world read those poems, okay? But the consciousness of sort of a statement of, I'm going to call it ideological and theological defiance in the face of persecution is what led communities to add Alenu to their prayers every day. It's a hypothesis. No one, no one, there's no commentator who wrote that in the 13th century. We know those poems were written uh, in the 
1096, the 11th century, those poems were written in the early uh, 12th century. Uh, they were written in France and Germany, France and, and uh, Germany, France and England, actually, um, about the Crusades. And there are a couple of Piotim that say, and as they were marched off to their slaughter, they chanted Aleinu Shabeach. So maybe Aleinu Shabeach migrates into the daily Sidur in the wake of that. Because in the Sidurim from the 900s, Sa'adja and Amram, it's not in the daily Sidur. So at some, but, but then by like the 13th and 14th century, there are Sidurim that say, and we recite a passage before we leave Shul, such as, for example, Aleinu Lishabeach. So somewhere in that era, let's just say the first two, three centuries of the second millennium, right? 1100s, 1200s, 1300s, somewhere in there, Aleinu migrates into the daily situr. No one is sure why. This is one hypothesis why. Michael, hand raised. That would certainly sort of go, some, uh, that hypothesis at least would then go somewhere toward explaining the stridency quote of the original. Right. Correct. We picked, well, again, it doesn't explain why the stridency was originally there, because it probably came from a few centuries before. It yeah. explains why people would want that stridency in, the in daily every service. Right. right. It's like, to heck with you, we're still here. Right. Uh, uh, like the partisan, you know, the partisans hymn, Mir Zainen Da is the refrain. We're still here. Right. It's a, it's a theological statement of, we're still here. We worship the real God. Okay. And you worship nothingness. And you can really understand why the Jews would then want to think that that was a coded reference to Jesus. Okay. Um, okay. We're going to stop. Um, uh, uh, oh, oh, no, we're not Larry. There's Larry hand. No, we, we can. We can stop. My question was from earlier, and maybe you wanted to do it separately. I'm just curious as to how the Jewish renewal Sidur um, uh, amends Lechadodi, the very last line of Lechadodi, which has Ansugula. Okay. Well, I just want to point out to say that I am a treasured nation. If we use the if we use the um, human life cycle. Uh, metaphor to say my parent loves me does not mean my parent does not love my brother or sister, right? It just means treasured nation. It doesn't have to mean, doesn't have to mean treasured beyond all other nations. Whereas they worship emptiness and, you know, Thank God who didn't make us like them is a little harder to reinterpret. But it, but it's much easier if you say the word is, does not, the word is not, not. Right. It's like, again, it's like the lawyer who dropped out the word not. Okay. Okay. Everyone have a good day. Be Torah. God willing, we'll meet next week. You have been listening to another in our series of podcasts from Temple Beth Am, a dynamic center for conservative Judaism in Los Angeles. If you enjoy these podcasts, we invite you to write a review on the Apple Podcast site or wherever you get your podcasts. For more information about Temple Beth Am Los Angeles, go to tbala.org.